remember those idyllic scenes out of your childhood? Crisp winter nights, star bright, sleigh bells, crackling yule logs, candlelight glistening off of shimmering Christmas trees, chestnuts roasting over open fires, carolers beneath snow-covered window ledges. Remember those. Remember them well. After Black Christmas, they'll never be the same again. Black Christmas, starring Olivia Hussey, Keir Dulay, Margot Kidder, and starring John Saxon as Lieutenant Fuller. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Okay, Merry Christmas, everyone. Um, ho, ho, fucking ho, happy December. Um, we are talking about Black Christmas. And later there will be a little bonus that I am going to draw a comparison through that I uh, picked out of a hat and watched recently. Um, Escape from Alcatraz. So I will be drawing a through line between Black Christmas and Escape from Alcatraz. Uh, so let's get into it here. All right, Black Christmas, also known as Silent Night, Evil Night, not to be mistaken with Silent Night, Deadly Night. Um, stars, uh, uh, how do you say this guy's name? Kier Dullier, um, who you Kubrick fans will know from, of course, he's one of the lead astronaut guys in uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. And um, in this movie, he plays this sort of whiny, melodramatic, uh, prima donna, concert pianist guy who's studying uh to be a piano concert piano player um he, and he's hilariously not very good and i you know i can't help but think what kubrick would have thought of this film i would not be surprised if he saw it i'm sure he saw it um it's a really interesting movie i you know i don't know if i want to go on the record but you know, no, fuck it. I'm going to go on the record as saying that I actually, I'd put this in my top five horror movies. I may even put this in my top three, um, maybe alongside Texas Chainsaw Massacre and The Evil Dead. I maybe would put Black Christmas in there with those two others over Friday the 13th, the first one, and Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and here's why. Um, I think... Although I find the atmospheric qualities of Halloween, John Carpenter's original Halloween, more compelling, um, even though hilariously it's, uh, you know, it was all made in Pasadena, um, you know, sort of standing in for, uh, for Haddonfield, Illinois, um, Although I'm very captivated by the, by the atmospheric qualities of that movie, I think Black Christmas is scarier and funnier and way better written way better acted um you know halloween is of course you know supposed to have sort of satire and irony and whatnot going in it but uh but black christmas is like a real movie and this movie kind of scares the shit out of me i mean i watched it the other night alone at my house and i i was like kind of freaked out by this movie and i don't get scared from 70s horror movies very much um if ever, I don't think a seven a movie. I don't think a horror movie made in the 1970s has ever really scared me in recent years. Um, so, 
Yeah, I'm going to sort of dive into what makes this movie scary and what makes it so good, what makes it so funny. I mean, it's a fantastic, you know, a Christmas horror movie. I mean, that's just that's just awesome. Um, it's a lot of fun. Um, but uh, I think one of the things that makes this movie scarier than Halloween or Friday the 13th is the way the killer is portrayed. He's not in movies like Friday the 13th and Halloween, the killer, um, Michael Myers or, um, or Jason, Jason or Freddie, whoever it may be. These guys, um, these guys are not quite as they're featured more centrally in the film. We, we see these guys, we know these guys, they are characters who we understand. They're characters who have, uh, mythology around them and a history around them um and we see them lurking in the shadows if you will we're put in their perspective we're put in the in the killer's perspective in this but the killer in black christmas is kept much more mysterious much more ambiguous we never even really know who exactly he is he's just this fucking maniac living in the attic um you know, picking off one by one these uh, sorority sisters who live in this sorority house. So that's so a little backstory of what the movie's about. Um, pretty simple story: a uh, you know a guy, unseen man, climbs into a sorority house during a Christmas party and enters into the attic, and it's all these sorority sisters hanging out the house, drinking, debauchery, et cetera, et cetera. Um, although actually there's no sex really in this movie, which is, I think actually also what makes this movie so good. There's no real sex is discussed the fallout of sex. Um, but there's a whole sort of subplot, um, about this girl and her abortion, um, that actually has like a very strong, um, sort of pathos to it. It's like a, it's well handled. It doesn't feel silly or hokey. I took it seriously, actually, and I took the performances seriously, and I took um, uh, the woman and and what she was going through seriously. It was not, you know, it, it wasn't like one of the the girls in in Halloween or something, which you know, in Halloween, basically, outside of of course Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween, it's pretty hard to, or her character in Halloween, it's pretty hard to take those other girls seriously i mean they're just kind of like these horny you know carefree teenage girls who are you know just partying and and wanting to have sex and pretty pretty shallow characters these characters in black christmas have a lot more depth a lot more wit they're funny they're snide they're sarcastic um and it makes them way more engaging and fun to watch, and it makes me give a shit about them. I care about these girls. I don't want to see these girls get get murdered. Um, and I think that's that that's what puts this movie above Halloween for me. And I also, you know, just the the humor of 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 the of it being a Christmas horror movie. I mean, I'm a big fan of Christmas, um, and. I just love I, I just love the idea of a Christmas uh, slasher, a Christmas horror. Um, and while I while we're on the topic of, of slasher, well, that reminds me, you know, too, like the the kills in this are um, are scarier than in Halloween or Friday the Thirteenth, and and some of the you know the American slashers, um, which may be more gory 
and more violent even. But there's something, you know, the the girl who's sitting in the rocking chair with the bag, the plastic bag over her face throughout the entire movie, who was strangled with the plastic bag or suffocated, I should say. Um, and she's this sort of this sort of haunting presence in the attic and the way the killer stacks up all the bodies in the attic. And again, the way the killer remains constantly ambiguous throughout the entire movie. We never know what this guy's deal is and we barely even know, we don't really even know what he looks like. There are some very, there's a terrifying close up of his eye at one point, um, kind of towards the end when there's like a showdown and the, and the final girl is, is in the house and all the, all the police sort of leave the house and everyone thinks the thing's over because they thought it was her um, her whiny musician boyfriend who was responsible for the killings. Um, uh, and then, she, you know, she ends up having sort of a showdown with the killer. Um, I don't, I don't want, I won't give away the ending, but um, it's just, it's the tone of it is just really, really eerie. And, um, and, keeping the killer so so mysterious and so elusive and so far away from us just adds so much to that and makes it more powerful and more scary um that combined with the creepiness of the kills this guy you know similar to texas chainsaw like we don't need to i mean with i'm talking specifically the meat hook in um in texas chainsaw we don't need to see the meat hook stick into the body um it's just all it's sort of lovecrafty in a way it's like a suggestion it's an imp- it's impressionistic um uh the violence is impressionistic the kills are impressionistic in this and i think that's also what kind of makes it kind of dark and scary in a sort of deeper way again it's that thing of like you know you're scared of what you don't see and the art of of give, of making a horror movie that has a lot of mystery to it um, rather than, you know, I think there's, I, I mean, I, hey, I love Halloween. I love Jason. I love Freddy. Those guys are great. They're hilarious. They're compelling characters. Um, and I think that's an awesome direction. Obviously, it's ext- it's a extremely successful one. Um, I think, ironically, the fact that, th- that Bob Clark um, took the killer in black Christmas in a more ambiguous direction made it so that this movie, you know, there was never going to be a, a whole franchise around this movie and that main character. Cause that would have ruined it. What makes this movie so fucking awesome is that, uh, we, we, we don't ever, we don't ever know anything about this guy or what really his deal is. Yeah. And so, so back to the Kubrick point, I think, you know, picturing, you know, I was thinking about Kubrick while I was watching this actually, um, cause of, uh, Kier Doulet, if that's how you say it. And, uh, I think he would, I think Kubrick would have appreciated the wit in this movie, the dark, cynical, super cynical, this is a super cynical movie. Um, uh, the, and I think he would have, and I think he would have appreciated the performances. I would, I can see him chuckling at a few, at a few moments. Um, there's this wonderful moment where the sort of the the woman of the house, if you will, this this older woman um, who sort of looks after the girls. I guess she's, she's sort of the the chaperone or whatever. Uh, she has all these. There's sort of like a gag in this movie where she has all these bottles of um, these pints of of uh, whiskey stashed throughout the house in these funny places. She has one stashed in like a book, this huge academic book. She has one stashed. Um, 
inside of the plumbing of the toilet. There's a really, really funny moment. I laughed out loud just by myself at my house where she opens up the top of the toilet and, and, and with the little string in the toilet, the metal string that connects to the thing that you push to flush, she, she has it sort of wrapped in that string and she, she, uh, dunks out the or takes the the bottle of whiskey out of the um out of the toilet and has a good uh, a good a good swig out of it um very funny moment um so yeah i mean what what more do you want out of a out of a out of a horror film it's got its comedy it's got its cynicism and it's um and it's got some good kills and it's you know again this movie's scary i i <sighs> I'm trying to think of a horror movie that sort of scared me the way this did. It really, it kind of freaked me out, actually. Um, so, uh, ho, 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 everybody. Okay, so now I'm going to um, draw a through line between this and um, Escape from Alcatraz, Don Siegel's masterpiece with Clint Eastwood. This movie really is a masterpiece. I hadn't seen it since I watched it with my dad when I was probably like maybe eight or something eight or nine I was like a little kid I remember my dad and I rented it and uh, watched it one night and um, I liked it then for sure but don't think I was uh, equipped to appreciate it the way that I do now both these movies are not showing you know what's that's not how I want to say it that both these movies are showing as little as humanly possible that's that's really I think what makes both of the movies so effective the ambiguity and the restraint in what they show and they also both have um uh, amazing endings I mean just absolutely fantastic endings and I'm gonna just quickly uh the Escape from Alcatraz ending um this is sort of a spoiler but they you know we never really know if they if they die or not I was actually I was reading Tarantino's book and he makes the he says that they that they die at the end and I actually I don't necessarily agree with that I think they I think they made it um there's all these sort of like really subtle hints and clues um to various things in the movie like there's a very brief sort of casually in conversation they bring up how they're stopping at Angel Island but then at the end of the movie the guy, you know, the cops and everybody are looking for them and they're, uh, they're on Angel Island and they're, they're finding like traces of, of their stuff on Angel Island as though it had been washed ashore. And, you know, my read on that is they, they've placed that there to look like it had been washed ashore and make it look like they drown. Um, and even at the end of the movie, it says the bodies were never found and every, Every FBI agent and cop in in the in the area was was scouring um, uh, the bottom of the of the sea for them and never found them. Um, and then just the pure this is just Don Siegel at the height of his powers. The pure filmmaking craftsmanship that especially in Escape from Alcatraz, the craftsmanship in Black Christmas didn't really uh, stick out to me in any way except for the fact that it was extremely restrained and tasteful and just the guy you know Bob Clark just you know let the action unfold he wasn't he wasn't overdoing it with these you know with any sort of boisterous techniques or camera moves or cutting or anything like that it's just very simple pared down filmmaking um and uh 
and in Escape from Alcatraz, the filmmaking is a little bit more. Um, there's a little bit more sort of uh, uh, emphasis on technique in it. I mean, uh, the the way it's sort of paced, the way he sort of um, plays with your expectations of what's going to happen, and Clint Eastwood, the sort of like the the quietness of Clint Eastwood, and the way that he shows Clint Eastwood sort of melting into this routine of the prison and and sort of like the way he's just he just sort of becomes a part of this of this vivid and very real feeling prison life um is really uh really really great 